This is the top dog, Jonah. And I'm here to tell you, if you listen to podcasts, you need to listen to the new podcast by Brian Hebner. Reffing it up. Make sure you're listening. This is Impact World Champion Moose. And make sure you're listening to Reffing It Up with Brian Hebner. What's going on, everybody? I'm Tom Hannafin. He's the drama king, Matthew Raywall. And I got a question for you. You like podcasts? Yeah, of course. Okay, I got a new one that you got to check out. It's called the Reffing It Up podcast, hosted by our buddy Brian Hefner. That's right. Takes you through all kinds of stories yesterday and today. Stars of all pro wrestling. It's a great, great listen. You got to check it out. Wherever you get your podcast, the Reffing It Up podcast, don't miss it. Howdy, folks. Double J here. That's right. That's T. That's double J, Jeff Jarrett. Tune in here to Reffin' It Up with my pals, RJ and Brian Hebner. It's really a great podcast. Tune in every Wednesday morning when it drops. Check them out on social media. Subscribe to the podcast. And, man, this episode is a good one. I listen to it every week. Stay tuned, guys. Reffin' It Up with RJ and Brian. WWE to TNA by way of the NWA. It is time for Reffing It Up with current Impact referee Brian Hebner. A great episode is right around the corner, so we hope you are ready for the one, two, three. Welcome to episode five of Reffin' It Up. I am the man with the magical voice, RJ. He is the man in the stripes. He is Mr. Brian Hebner. Brian, what's up, man? Hey, man, not a lot. Uh, busy evening, so if you hear some noise in the background, I apologize. I got the monkeys with me, and uh, <laughs> they're going to do their best to be quiet. But otherwise, it's real life here at this uh, Hebner house. Oh, n- never a dull moment, right? No. <laughs> But uh, no, we got a big announcement coming here later in the show. Uh, we're going to have our first guest. So we're going to wait for a little bit for that and to give him the proper introduction. But with that being said, this week, we're going to be going over uh, Beer Money, one of the best tag teams in TNA history. And when was the first time that you uh, had a run in with James Storm, Bobby Roode, Robert Roode? Uh, I know you got with TNA in 08 there. They pretty much, they formed there in 2008 as their tag team. They were part of, uh, Bobby Roode was part of Team Canada. And then James Storm was with um, uh, Chris Harris with America's Most Wanted. Is that about the, about the time frame we're looking at when you got uh, familiar with them? Actually, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Um, I don't know how many people out there know, but uh, at one point, uh, Hermie Sadler, who was a race car driver, um, very, very big name race car driver, actually, him and his brother Elliot here in Virginia. And um, Hermie was actually had some connection with the TNA at the time product. And he was doing a, a, a segment on their TV for a long time. It was called um, Man. I should have researched that. And I apologize. Uh, the turning, I don't know. To, uh, I don't know term one or something, something to that effect, some race theme show where he had a guest on or whatever. So anyway, long story short, uh, Hermie began to run house shows and they were TNA house shows remote uh, here in Virginia, North Carolina, uh, Philadelphia, South Carolina, uh, you know, pretty much covering that East coast area, which was really, really cool and neat. And I worked every one of those, the beginning to the end. And uh, it was really, really good. Uh, so I met them, during that phase before I was actually part of the official TNA impact roster. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was seen that like you started there in 08. So I kind of figured that you'd probably run into them fairly quickly. Um, they had that first real run in as far as their tag team with LAX there, uh, homicide and Hernandez. Did you have any run in with that, with that, uh, that feud there, or would you more towards the match we're going to be going over with the, uh, machine, uh, most city machine guns? 
I, I did a few of their matches. I did. Yeah. They were, they were, uh, they were good ones too. Um, very intense. I always call them the original LAX mm-hmm. uh, because I'm, in my opinion, they were, but yeah, I did, I did quite a few of their matches as well. Uh, but I, at that point in time, for some reason, I feel like, um, I didn't do a bunch of them. You know what I mean? It wasn't like mm-hmm. that was my match. I was doing a lot of. Yeah, in my research too, I, I didn't realize that Hector Guerrero was LAX's original manager. I I thought that uh, uh, Conan was always a part of part of that. He obviously he'd come later on, but Hector, I'm like, oh man, that that's that interesting little piece piece of trivia there. Yeah, Hector was. Uh, I loved Hector, man. Um, I really did. Man. A great guy. Um, he was. Um, when, when, when I was there, I, he was on his way out as the LA, LAX guy, I think. Um, yeah. And then he joined the Spanish commentary. And uh-huh. he, me and him would just go over history and history with uh, Eddie and himself and his dad and uh, Chavo and all that stuff. Because he knew I did a lot of stuff with him. And he also knew that um, I was in, you know, on the SmackDown brand when uh, Chavo's dad came in. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of stuff together. And, you know, obviously that's his brother. So, that was pretty cool. So we got to cover a lot of grounds with that. Talk about me and him partying because me and Chavo's dad did a lot of partying together. Believe it or not, it was awesome. Uh, so yeah, so Hector was a good dude, man. Yeah, no, classic, classic Guerrero family. So I'm sure there's plenty of stories there we'd probably get to later on in the show. So, uh, but they would then go after their feud with LAX. Then they would go. We're going to talk about that more in depth uh, in a little while with the Motor City Machine Guns. But we're going to gloss over that to head over to their feud after they ran through the Moore City Machine Guns to uh, the British Invasion, which was, uh, I believe that was with Doug Williams and uh, Brutus Magnus, a.k.a. Nick Aldis. Uh, yes. Very underrated feud. I think so. Yeah, I, I, it was some good stuff. Good stuff there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, you know, obviously the British Invasion had a lot of heat and then the the beer money was just over. I mean, over like Rover. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I was going through the show notes that you sent me and um, you know, I, I never realized, and I guess you never do until you go back and look at things, but I mean, could you just look at your notes and just see all the great tag teams that were there at that time that were in TNA? Well, yeah. And that's something we will be able to talk about too, when we get to the machine guns, cause you had the machine gun, mortar city machine guns, you had LAX, you had beer money, you had, uh, uh, British invasion. Creed. Yeah. Creed and lethal. Yeah. Le- lethal, uh, lethal consequence. Yeah. Uh, then the, um, another uh, one, was... uh, the, uh, 3d team yeah. 3d. Were... And then uh, you had, and then you'd have the wolves that would come in with yeah. uh, Eddie Edwards and, um, uh, oh, uh, Davey Richards, and I, Eric, I, 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 Eric, yeah, that, and they were still kind of part of Team Canada there too with PD and Eric. But, um, yeah, man, I, I will go to the grave. I've told everybody that you go anywhere from 2009, pretty much right up to 2013, when they had the second run of uh, great tag teams in WWE, TNA, man. That's where the tag teams were mid mid to late two thousands. Yep, so so underrated, man. I mean, it could, I mean, yeah. that's a five year span, a five year span of multiple tag teams that lots of people cared about. I mean, my yeah. my goodness. And what, like I said, when I went back and looked through these show notes, it is just it just made me really like just wake up and go, wow, this was in front of you. This is what you worked with at one time. Yeah. So that was I, neat, man. And on top of everybody else, like we've talked about, Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, Samoa Joe, Abyss, um, Lethal, you mentioned, all these other great AJ Styles. Just that roster was so good that people just didn't realize it. Yeah, because I mean, I think they did it, to a certain extent, but not to the point where it's like groundbreaking. Right. No, I agree with you. I mean, but the, the thing is, you have to remember too, during this time, now, 09 to 13, you said, correct? Give or take, yeah. Okay. That was when we were on Spike. Mm-hmm. So you go back, and, and if you look and research the ratings that we were doing and covering on Spike TV, mm-hmm. they're just as good, if not better, than what some of the higher, supposed higher companies are right now. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. no doubt about that. 
And that's crazy to me because when you look back, I mean, we were with much less money than what's mm-hmm. out there now. We were at that point in time, Spike TV was not the biggest network. It wasn't a TNT. It wasn't a TBS. It wasn't a USA network. And it wasn't a Fox for sure. But it was a big, you know, cable channel, but in a, another tier. And I know channels run by tiers by the amount of audiences that are available in homes. So, you know, you, you look at you look at that and, and just think that, you know, 1.5 uh, rating that we we're doing, 1.6. We averaged right around even in the, in the lower days when we were, you know, where, where ratings weren't as good as they were. They were 1.4, 1.3. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's going on now. I mean, yeah. that's that's what's going on now. Sometimes it's not even that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just amazing to me. So I do think that people understood. I just think that, it, you know, we just never got to that higher, higher level. You know what I mean? Which is, you know, to me, it's kind of sad, but in a way, you know, it, it, things do what they do and I can't control it. But when you look back and just look at what we had in front of us, my gosh, mm-hmm. um, no wonder we were popping those numbers. Now, why do you think beer money was so popular? Why do you think they gelled? They worked so well together. Honestly, I think because you hit both aspects of fans. Think about it. You got your beer drinkers. You got your your, your hardcore. What everybody thinks is a wrestling fan, which is a is a is a drinking fool that does whatever. And um, and then you have a guy who represents money and prestige, and you got that. You know, because money people and prestige people they love they they like wrestling too. Mm-hmm. So you're putting a you're putting two demos in on one tag team, and I just thought it fit really well. But it still was like vinegar and oil, and vinegar and oil. If you put it together on a sandwich, it's pretty darn good. Uh, so, <laughs> just saying. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, you know, so you have two opposites to track, and so that's the same thing that fans were relating to. Oh, I love this guy over here. I love the, I love this beer drinker redneck guy. Oh, I love this guy who's got a little cloud. Look at him with his beautiful robe on and coming out here and. You know, it was just a great mix of two different characters and two different people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just so yeah. I just thought it was a great mix. And I don't know who came up with that idea, but it was, it was really good. Yeah. And now this has been a discussion I've had with some other people, too. Why don't you think? Uh, I guess it's still I, it's still a possibility, but. Why don't you? Why don't you think we ever saw beer money in WWE or any of like uh, like an AEW or anywhere else you know i don't i i don't know I, I really think it's just um i don't think they went at it as a tag team mm-hmm. so in other words i don't think they went to WWE as a tag team and said hey book us sign us whatever sure. maybe i think it was just an individuality thing where you know one was doing one thing one was doing another and and in hopes of maybe that may happen or not and maybe neither one of them wanted to do it that'd be a great question for storm um later on in our second count, um, I think it'd be a great question to ask them because, you know, obviously I'm not behind that wall. I'm not negotiating with them. I'm not their, their, their guy that makes their contracts. So I don't know, you know, why exactly, but I have a feeling that, you know, it was kind of, they had to go in individual um, and not as a tag team. Sure. Contracts expire times too, you know, but and honestly, they're even good. They're, they're great with their, in their single runs too, because you're looking at, you know, Rude was a two-time TNA heavyweight champion. Storm was a single-time heavyweight champion. Uh, both King of the Mountain champions. So they had the ability to go out there as single single talents. And obviously, we, we see Bobby Rude now, Robert Rude, whatever you want to call him, in, in WWE right now, NXT. Really, one of the un- most underrated talents They're on their roster because he just he can do it all i'll just say this i, I and i and i'll put it on record um bobby root is probably one of the most underrated talents that's ever been in this business mm-hmm. he has it all um obviously he can work as a tag team and he can work as a single competitor and i think that at one point in time tna realized what they had in front of him and i don't know who made it known or whether it was just him on his own but I'm just going to say, I mean, when he won the world title, they showed, you know, that that showed people, you know, wow, this guy's got it. But I mean, on WWE, it just makes me so mad in ways because not only Ado, I love the guy as a person and love him as talent. But the thing is, I just think he's so underutilized that he could be so much more for that for that uh, company, for that show. But it just for some reason, Bobby never gets what he deserves. Nowhere matter where he goes it just yeah. gotta suck for him in my opinion because he's one of the better wrestlers i've ever seen 
And we'd even see James Storm go into the NWA, win the national title there. Because uh, you were – was he the national uh, champion when you were there, right? Yeah. Yes, I was yeah. there. Okay. And it's just it, it different, like – you see the contrasting styles where you bring his rough and tough character to, to the NWA. And he, he had a run there with NXT for a little bit too. Kind of like you guys could call it a cup of coffee in the, in NXT there, but um, maybe that's something that we talked about down the road, but just unbelievable guys that, you know, they were just thrown together. And yep. I don't think there's ever been a tag team that guys have just been kind of thrown together and has worked so well together, has gelled as a tag team and has flourished as a tag team because legitimately I, I would like somebody to tell me they, one of the original and TNA tag teams that were better than them. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, think about it. This came out of nowhere. It had to mm-hmm. because you have a Canadian team. Mm-hmm. Where where Storm, I mean, I'm sorry, where where Bobby came from, and then you have America's Most Wanted, James Storm, who's a beer drinking redneck um, country boy. Now you tell me how that even comes about. Yeah, I I it it just and even with, I was a fan of uh, America's Most Wanted with him and Chris Harris too. Yeah, I was too. And and, and they were and they were great workers. You know, they'll and they had a pretty pretty good rivalries there too. But yeah, it's just. Un- un- unreal that a lot of people that the, they won't look back on it very fondly or they won't look back at it and think good things because it, it was TNA. It was TNA at that time. It's like, okay, well, kind of take out the grain of salt kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember, you know, TNA got dragged through the mud. Uh, the name itself got dragged mm-hmm. through the mud later in years after its peak. Um, so, of course, a lot of people look at it differently than what they used to or should have. Um, so in, in retrospect, if you were, like you said, if you were to go back and watch stuff from 2009 to 2013, give or take, you're going to see some top notch talent. You're going to see some top notch storylines. You're going to see some top notch matches. You're going to see a lot of good shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's just sad and unfortunate the way that the TNA name itself got before, you know, was mantled, I guess, dismantled. <laughs> now, were you a fan of, they were part of the uh, a faction fortune there in TNN uh, with, with AJ and uh, Flair and uh, I believe Kaz was there too. Yes, I was. Earlier on. This was one of those things too, where it's like, okay, everybody's in a faction now because you had these, you had uh immortal, you had later on, you had main event mafia. It's like, okay, how many, how many factions can we have? But they made it work. Well, here's the thing. Maybe Vince Russo's booking <laughs> AEW, yeah. a lot of factions there too. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm kidding. I don't know that. And I, we heard I, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but no, I mean, factions have always been part of wrestling, and, and and they just continue to be more and more as we've gotten years older and older. Why? I don't know. Um, but yes, you're right. Factions were a big part of TNA at that point in time. And sometimes it's a way, you know, of keeping people together and keeping them to, under contract and trying to figure out where they want to go with people. And it's just a way of just kind of like stalling it, you know, and then some things stick and click. And then some things just kind of get old and monotonous, you know? So, but yeah, I was, I was there. Um, It was more like to me, kind of like a horseman gimmick, but um, a playoff of of that, obviously because flair big time. Um, But, but that was the, I mean, to me, that was the the, the end all be all was kind of like a horseman gimmick. Yeah. So you mentioned with James storm, big cowboy beer drinking gimmick, gimmick real life whatever you want to call it because i'm sure there was a there's some some truth to there any good stories are going on with these boys to the bar all i can tell you is this that you can Storm, talk about <laughs> well i'll just tell you this and i don't why, why are people so infatuated with stories at the bar um <laughs> it's like everybody wants me to rattle people um but no uh me and storm have been out and had drinks and uh, partied 
many, many times. And that son of a bitch can drink. Okay. I'll just tell you that. Um, but he can handle this shit. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's a cool thing about storm. Um, but he, there's another side to him as well. He is what he is. As far as the character goes, that character is not far fetched, but he is a good dude. Um, I got along with him from day one, me and him have always gotten along. He's always come to me and realized my, my talent that I've had and my experience I've had. Mm -hmm. And actually James storm is calling me right now. Can't get enough wrestling talk. Well, check out ringside rant with top guys, RJ and Justin, the Kings of ranting. The new shows drop each Friday morning at nine Eastern, and it'll take you back to the good old days of pro wrestling, but also the not so good days. Ringside rant is available on all podcast platforms, as well as full press coverage, wrestling with Johnners network and the shining wizards network. You can also follow the show on Twitter at underscore ringside rant. It's ringside rant with RJ and Justin new shows drop Friday morning at nine Eastern. That's ringside rant with RJ and Justin, a couple of top guys doing top guy stuff. It's ringside rant with RJ and Justin new shows Friday mornings, at nine Eastern. All right, Brian. So this is the second count. We have our first guest. I am honored to introduce the cowboy. James Storm. James, welcome to the show, man. What's happening, guys? Well, I, I would say it's going great, but apparently behind from that, all that ambiance behind you, you got a little tornado cooking. Yeah, man, it wouldn't, be a, it wouldn't be a James Storm interview without a storm going on in the background. Y'all having go. a tornado behind me, tell me, though. I'm just, I'm just going to let you know my ass is going to run like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we got that on video, too. We won't... We won't, we won't uh, we won't send it to anybody, though, of course. So, um, hey, we won't send anybody. We'll just tweet it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It, it won't go viral or anything. <laughs> but no, seriously, though, man, thanks for coming on. We uh, dedicated this episode to uh, to beer money. We kind of gave a little of a bit of a background, Brian and I, uh, to to you and and Bobby. Initially, we got. Uh, the formation after you got out of AMW with uh, Chris Harris, you guys formed Beer Money in 08, correct? Yeah, I think that was a year. They all, they all start running together and blending together once you've been in the business. <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, no, I hear that. Now, how uh, do you remember how it was formed? Was it just kind of you guys came together and said, hey, let's try this? We're coming out of tag teams. Let's get one together. No, uh, I actually remember uh, we were just hanging out backstage, and I remember dutch mantel coming up to us and saying hey just so you know we don't have anything for you so we're just going to put you and you together for a while it was just supposed to be a short-term deal really and uh you know until we can figure out something for you guys <laughs> it was like all right and then it's one of those things where me and bobby we were like you know what if we're gonna we're gonna be together let's uh let's try to do something really cool and and you know while while we're together anyways yeah, because Bobby was coming right off of that Team Canada run uh, with that he was having too, and it, Brian and I were talking about it. it's just like one of those teams that were kind of just thrown together that just works so damn well, and you don't see that where you can kind of get comparisons to other wrestlers, but it's like you guys just work so damn well together. And I think I think what it is is. So many tag teams, a lot of guys want to outdo one another, you know, instead of knowing their place in the tag team. Whereas with Beer Money, I knew Bobby was the wrestler. Like, he's so technically sound and so good in the ring, and I was the the charismatic, the charisma part of the tag team. And uh, and I, I think that's where we just gelled is I, I knew my part is going out there, wrestle a little bit, and just acting crazy. And then Bobby, a little bit acting crazy and wrestling a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out for my back. <laughs> so, Storm, I, 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 have a, I have a question for you. So, uh, honestly, when did you and Bobby, or you or Bobby, when did one of you two, or not both, sit there and say to yourself, you know what? Shit, we got something going, and it's really going to be good. Like, when did, it, when did it become where, instead of y'all being thrown together for a short program, ultimately say, this ain't no damn short program, because we're getting over let, let, let's 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 really do something like when, when was that you think is established as y'all both agreeing that this was something special i think when we started doing the beer money suplex uh because I, I remember us going okay 
we got to get booed and let's do something so stupid that people will be like, oh, that's stupid, you know, boo, you know. And we, when we started doing it, and then little by little, the crowd just started doing it. We're like, all right, okay, now we got to be careful or we're just going to be baby faces now. And uh, and we, w- we would try to do it so arrogant that people would boo us. But then when we started going overseas and we started getting more chairs than Magnus and uh, Doug, you know, being the hometown guys, we're like, all right, here we go now, you know, and, and when we started working with Team 3D and stuff like that, and they started just cheering us, we're like, okay, well, we got to turn baby. And they they held out as long as they could turn this baby, you know, which ultimately worked out because, you know, if you stay healed long enough, the people want it so bad, but you can't wait too long or they just get tired of it. And right. uh, they, you know, we turned at the right time because, you know, the, the people really let, you know, the office know, okay, we want to cheer these guys, you know, we don't want to boo them no more. So one more, one more quick question I have. Um, I, 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 like I told and said earlier in our show, and, and this may be kind of amazing to you too, if you don't ever, cause like, like you said, time flies and things go by quick. And it's really, really weird to me to go back and look at my show notes that he has prepared for me uh, previously. You've named a couple of these tag teams already, but can you remember and like the, the, the tag teams that were there at that point in time? Cause I mean, People talk about tag teams having a, a, a decline. I'm going to tell you right now, in 2008 through 13, roughly is where me and RJ, you know, figured out, we had the best tag teams in the world. Oh, yeah. Do you remember most of them? I mean, do you remember, like, the LAXs? Do you remember the Team 3Ds? I mean, do you remember the uh, Consequences Creed? Do you remember the British Invasion? I mean, all these teams. Yeah. And I'm not, even, I'm not even touching the surface. I'm just rambling the ones I remember. I don't have my show notes to actually look at. They're right here, but I just don't want to look down. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, the British Invasion, Motor City Machine Guns, you know, even the Young Bucks were there a little bit during that time as Jen Me, uh, you know, and uh, like I said, Team 3D, uh, and then uh, let's see, who, who else you had? Like I said, you had Creed and uh, Jay Lethal that was there as well as a tag team. and That too, the consequences of Creed. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just, uh, at that time, man, it was just so much fun, and you know, you know I remember the guys that were on top in the singles division going, look, there's no way we can follow the tag team guys because they're, yeah, they're they're killing it, you know? And like you said, at that point in time, like tag team wrestling, we, we made tag team wrestling the highest that I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I brought this up to, to Brian James is, and you can comment on this if you can, if you can't, then that's fine too. But why don't you think that, uh, uh, Beer money ever really made that run over there in NXT or WWE? Um, I know we saw you and, and Bobby there as singles, uh, but was it just a matter of hey, we want to do our singles kind of thing? No, it was just uh, <clears throat> just a matter of really different timing and different directions and stuff. You know, like uh, I had went there and, uh, and and talked to him and stuff, and things just didn't work out because of really family reasons. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then I went back to Impact, and then Bobby's contract was actually up, I think, like eight months later. And we had talked, and he had talked about that he wanted to go. And, and you know, I wished him luck because, it, you know, every man has to do their own journey. And, and to me, the, the way I was and right now in my life, it worked out for me perfectly because, I'm, I mean, I'm really happy with my life right now. And, uh, you know, I don't have to bump as much and everything. And I'm sure Bobby is happy doing stuff he does. You know, it's, and I can always tell – when Bobby and Dolph are on TV, because, you know, there's always the beer money, you know, tweets going out and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things is, is right before the pandemic hit, I was actually uh, already signed the contract and everything. I just had to go and do the physical WrestleMania weekend. And I was supposed to debut uh, right after WrestleMania. Uh, and, you know, hopefully if they, if they were smart, they would have put me and Bobby together and, and maybe threw Dolph in there as well as uh, you know, as a, a faction, which, to me would have been great, you know? Uh, but you know, the pandemic hit and I started seeing all these other guys get released. And I was like, well, pretty soon I'm going to get that call. And sure enough, <laughs> I looked, I said, yep, that's them. And, you know, it was just, like I said, it was just bad timing. And, uh, but you know, all in all for me, it worked out. So. Yeah. You know, it's something else that, uh, but it's one of those things that I always say, and I, I'll tell everybody, it's like, we made TNA so much money being beer money. Like I couldn't, imagine how much especially with the wwe machine just that name alone 
could could make the WWE. Well, I'll, I'll touch on that just to just to, to reaffirm. Um, me, me, and my dad did a, a spot, and I know Storm knows all about it. Every night, where an intermission, we'd sell the damn right I did T-shirts. Yeah, uh, and I can tell you right now, I was at that concession stand, and I watched those beer money shirts fly off those tables, hand over fist, because we they had a way of, of booking shit to where, all right, we're gonna go sell some shit at the merch stand. Here comes intermission. And you put your hottest item, and that was at that point for a long, for a, actually a pretty good long term. Beer money's right before intermission. Boom, they do yeah. their thing over. The crowd goes crazy. They are allowed a lot more time to just celebrate with the fans. Uh, Storm was able to do his beer gimmick, um, and I'm saying right now, when I made my way to that table, I just saw the shit flying off the table. It was unbelievable. Beer money. I mean, honestly, not because Storm's on my show. I swear to God. I'm just saying, in my opinion, as far as a tag team goes, I don't know by 10 years since that, but I was there at TNA, if there was one ever bigger. I mean, I really don't. If you can name a storm, please tell me. But I'm telling you right now, I cannot think of one. I really can't. As far as merch, popularity, ratings, everything all across the board. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm just saying the truth is the truth. And that's what we talk on my podcast. There is no team, in my opinion, since my tenure while I was there, which was a long tenure, that was over or more profitable for the company and themselves than beer money. It's just, it, it just wasn't there. I remember Bully telling me uh, that he was sitting uh, beside Dixie at one of the, the shows in over overseas in England. And we came out doing our deal or whatever. And Bully said he, Bully told me this personally, he looked over at Dixie and goes, that's your guys right there. He goes, that that's the yeah. team right there. He goes, he goes, those are money makers and they, they can really make you money for the company. And we did. I agree. So James, on our show here, we uh, we basically break down a specific match that Brian was a part of, and we uh, actually you're going to be talking about the Genesis 2011 match that you guys had with the uh, Motor City Machine Guns, and just to set up a little bit of context to it is we're coming off the summer before summer of 2010, the best of five series, man. I've literally over the last I've told Brian this. I've watched every single one of those matches at least two or three times getting ready for the show because it's just bringing back so many good memories of this rivalry um, that you guys had. Uh, when did you guys say, hey, let's get this best of five series? It was just a matter of, hey, we're two, two of the better tag teams in this company. Let's butt heads. Let's make some, uh, make some magic. No, I, I remember, uh, I forgot who it was exactly in the office that came to us and was like, hey, we want to do a best of five series. And I remember I remember getting so much heat from the office because I would ask them what the stipulations were in the matches. It's like, okay, well, what's stipulation match number five going to be? You know, so we can build each match to be more important, you know, as, as we go along. And uh, and it was like, oh, well, let's get through this match. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll, it was like, wait, no, like, we, I got that way we don't blow our load all in one match. You know, we want to, we want to build to it or whatever. And, uh, but I mean, to our credit, you know, with David and, and Shelly, I mean, we, it was just magic with, with both tag teams. We just went out there and uh, it just flowed so easy. You know, everybody knew what they had to do. And, and, and always say with, with TV wrestling, you can always tell the difference between guys that have been on TV and guys that are doing indies. Because there's always a TV speed and there's an indie speed, and uh, and and I, I notice that now when I do indies, you know, I tell people it's like, you know, I might look slow on TV. That's because everybody's so fast. But back on the indies, that's because you know they're not used to TV speed, you know. Yeah. And uh, and it was just one of those things where, like I said, both teams just clicked, and we're like, let's go out here and show the world what tag team wrestling is all about. Yeah. Again, because Brian was a referee out of uh, three out of the five matches. Uh, last, actually, the last three that I saw, the steel cage yep. match, the ultimate all, X. All the matches we lost. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian, Brian, Brian did it to you, man. You guys, I, I swear to God, I'm like, he's the jinx, man. But um, to, I just wanted to see how, what is the difference? How do you prepare for an ultimate X match? Because obviously you see a lot of the guys in the X division do it now. And with all due respect, you guys aren't like X division. You guys aren't flying off of, uh, <laughs> off that top rope anytime soon, you know? 
No, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, we had to throw that in there because that's their style. Sure. Um, you know, and, and we're like, okay, well, we got to do something where it looks like we're trying to go across the road. And I remember, you know, standing on Bobby and all this stuff and, and you know, and, and just doing stuff. Uh, it was just one of those things where when they first told us, we're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you want us to do an Ultimate X? Like, I don't know about that. And, uh, but it was one of those things is when you're creative like that, you, you know, you can make it work. And when we, when all four of us stuck our minds to it, like, you know, we made it work. Mm-hmm. Now, Motor City Machine Guns, was this one of your battle, to, in your opinion, obviously you work so many great tag teams. Do you consider them one of your better rivalries over your tag team career there with uh, Bobby? Yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. You know, uh, I mean, we just had, Really good chemistry with them. I think it's because we we all four have been there for a very long time, and you know we we basically had each other's timing down. Uh, you know we, we we knew that the other person was going to be there no matter what. Uh, you know if even if if the person wasn't looking and somebody jumped off the top rope, we know that that person's going to turn around and catch them. You know is this is this believing in that person? To, like I said, just just I think we all four have been there long enough, and we respected each other enough. Mm. All right, so this next question is actually for both of you guys. Uh, you're coming off that great summer of 2010. You're in 2011 here, uh, going towards this genesis. What were you guys um, talking about as far as you're leading up to this match? You guys knew you were going in- into this match. Brian was going to be your referee. What are you guys? How are you guys game planning for it? Well, we were game planning. We were trying to get Earl. <laughs> Noah Storm. See that? Where's that lightning at? <laughs> oh, it, it, it's pretty close. I know. Right? <laughs> you better watch out then. I know. I mean, I got my Bible close to me too. So in case I, <laughs> I say, look, God, I tried. <laughs> Beer in one hand, Bible in the other. There you go. And Good way to go. Game. Yeah. Uh, no, it was just uh, to, to me, like planning. It was. Basically, like any other match, uh, I always look at a match as I'm sitting in the front row. Like, what do I want to see from these guys? Like, I want to be entertained, but I want to see wrestling as well. And I think that's where, you know, we we all knew our jobs. Is is and and that was my biggest job. Is I'm a character. You know, I I don't claim to be a professional wrestler, but that's my title. But I go out there and I do my job as a character. And if I got to wrestle, I can wrestle and mix it up. But character stuff's been a lot better on my body. <laughs> no. no, Brian, were you talking to these the four of them or talking to one team than the other? Are you guys kind of just game planning as far as how, how you're going to be involved with it as far as, okay, this is going to be one, two, three spot. This is going to be the finish. Or are you guys just saying, hey, let's, let's see how it is out there. No, 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 no. So you have to remember, um, I, 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 and I'll have to admit this, um, working with Beer Money and the Motor City Machine Guns was actually a lot of pressure. And I can promise you, um, this was handed to me gladly um, by the other referees. Um, and it's because that I was working with two very, very, very detailed tag teams. And I say that in respect. In other words, I say that with meaning caring about their their total match, their outcome, their facial expressions, their timing, everything. Um, and, and, I, and all I can tell you was I had to be on point. In other words, I had to be there and I had to be available to them both. Um, and, and, and Storm can sit there and tell you, and, and I'm not making any lies up, and I was always there. And, and, and they needed me and I needed them, you know what I mean? Because they were very, very detailed. They, Like he said, they were – them, them four were on a page. That doesn't necessarily mean the referee is, you know what I mean? So the referee has to get on that same page too. So there's so many different things and so many different equations of things that they want to do and how to do it and all that stuff where the referee is very intricate. Uh, so no, there's, there's no, there was no easy match. Like, so, 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 so for instance, there's, there's tag teams that I've done all over creation. I go in there, they tell me the heat spot. They tell me the finish. We're good. There was not like that with them. And, and this is not a beat uh, like, or, or, or nothing against them. 
they had two heat spots. They may have a false tag. They may have a blind tag. They may have this and that, that's a distraction here, this, this, this. A lot for a referee to remember because these guys really knew how to, like Storm said earlier, perform and give that front row what they wanted to see, which was entertainment, good wrestling, and some great falsies and all these other things. I mean, so, no, I can tell you, I was a nervous guy when I worked with them. And, and, and I became comfortable because I worked with them so many times. But I'm just telling you, it was it, this was not just something that you want to throw some guy who's green or halfway green or maybe even dark green. They're not going to be storming them one. I mean, they're just not. Well, and that's what I understand as well. It's like you can have four great guys in the ring, and if your referee is shitty, you might as well forget it. <laughs> like, yeah. like you're going to have four pissed off guys at the end of the match. <laughs> well, you yeah, always, that's we always got to factor in one of those uh, beer bottle spots, too, as far as breaking it over somebody's head. That was one of the things that when I started watching it because – being in the Northeast, that's a lot of that great. Uh, when you guys were on Spike, I stayed up for that just to see because I love wrestling in general. So I'd watch anything, and uh, absolutely just loved. It. I'm like, dude, this is the spot. My, me and my brothers used to be uh, do the whole beer money. Of course, yeah, of course, I'd be beer because I was I'm older. He have to be money because he's younger because he can't drink when he's younger. So, um, but yeah, man, this was probably was this. You know, like you said, you had the best of five and 10. This was 11. Was this kind of like the uh, swan song kind of thing as far as the rivalry for that time at that time? Yeah, I believe I believe that. And because I think after that is when we moved on in 3D, I think. Right. Yeah. After that. It was. Yeah. Yeah, because you had them and then you went with uh, a British invasion with uh, Doug and, uh, and Magnus there. Yeah, I, I remember when uh, when when we were with those guys in England, and you know they they came out and they, they got you know their their English pop, and then as soon as the beer money music hit, that place just went freaking bananas, and <laughs> and Magnus was like, "Well, I guess we're going to be heels in our own country." <laughs> <laughs> That's true, though. That's true. No, we we were you and Bobby surprised with that? how popular you guys ended up getting as far as like later on. Cause initially you guys were coming in as heels, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we were, we were heels and we were trying to do everything that, uh, you, you know, to get booed. But at the same time, it's one of those things where the fans started, they knew as soon as we come out, they're going to get entertained. And at the end of the day, that's what wrestling fans want to be. They want to be entertained. Yeah, I mean, at least that's how I grew up going to wrestling. Like, you know, and uh, and it was just one of those things where as soon as the music hit, they're like, all right, this is going to be fun, you know, because they, they want to cheer, they want to yell, you know, and, and that's what Beer Money did. They, they made sure, and especially with the universal crowd, because the first three or four, you know, they, they had that pit area right there. And if you can get that pit area going, the rest of the crowd was really park people that half the time didn't even know what was going on. And so they followed the people in the pit. So all we had to do really is get those people in the pit cheering whatever we wanted, and then the rest of the crowd would, would take off. And then, you know, it's one of those things is as soon as they started cheering for us, really the whole crowd started cheering for us, and then it comes across TV now as we're baby faces. So and, – and it just kept growing in popularity. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of, lot of uh, promotions now doing a lot of those – I don't want to say smaller, but a lot of those universal style-esque – shows where you're doing a lot more everybody's more up front you get more action and i yeah. i always loved it because it was great at least seeing on tv it's like then you then you get there it's like wow this place is really freaking small compared to yeah. watching on tv it's like holy crap this is awesome yeah. um but after this match at genesis 11 you guys go back through the curtain you guys are tag team champions again is it all high fives and you know gumdrops and rainbows or are you guys kind of just talking no, it over again yeah no it's just one of those things where we get back there you know we're puffing and puffing and sucking wind or whatever but you know we get back there and it's you know professionalism it's like hey thank you very much man really appreciate it you know can't wait to kick the shit out of each other next time <laughs> right so so rj yeah so you know how we uh, um i always have a story about one of our guys we're covering or whatever sure uh, and i know we're covering beer money so this is this is not necessarily a uh Bobby Roode story, but this is a James story that is a very true story. Very true. And this oh. is no 
I'll never <laughs> we got all kinds of stories. We were not allowed to this, this, this is inside the ring. <laughs> so um, I had already had Storm and worked with Storm quite a bit. And um, I had to take a bump, a ref bump. And the first official ref bump I'd ever taken from James Storm was his super kick. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you. And I don't know if Storm remember this or not. But anyway, I went to my dad. And now you have to remember, I'd just come out of the Fed. And I had guys that I'd already worked with and felt, you know, great about taking whatever, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, you know, I'm hearing that I'm going to have to take the super kick. I'm going to have to move. There's somebody's going to duck. And then I'm sitting right there and then boom. Okay. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm not scared to take it, but I'm scared of who I'm taking it about. Because at that point in time, me and Storm never had a chemistry background of me taking bumps from him. So I go to my dad and I said, hey, so here's the deal. I'm going to take a super kick. I'm not going to move. I'm going to just do whatever I'm supposed to do. I was like, but, but how is it? And my dad goes, you talking about storm? Are you talking about James storm? And I said, yeah, James storm. It's the only storm we have here. Yes. James storm. Oh, that motherfucker won't touch you. That motherfucker won't even fucking touch you. And I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> so I go out there, I do the spot and I'm not even kidding you. He touched me. And that's all he did was touch me. Like literally his heel, foot, whatever, touched my face like you would touch a little baby. And I didn't even know how to sell the shit because it didn't fucking hit me. So I take this incredible bump for him because I'm like, oh, all right, I've got to do something. And I can tell you right now, I've taken it probably 1,500 times. I'm not even kidding you. Am I wrong, Storm? Oh, it, it, yeah, you have. <laughs> and, and and I'll tell you this, he will give it to you harder if you make him a little madder sometimes. <laughs> but never knock my dick in my watch box. But he has given me a little harder one because we had been out a little bit and, and I said something that pissed <laughs> he me off. He cheated. He cheated in the game. So I, he's given me one before a little stiffer, which never is, has never been stiff. I'm never going to say that. That's not true. But just a little bit snugger. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute now. That was not touching me last night. But tonight, he touched me harder. Wait a minute now. And the store's like, telling you, don't say that ever again. And I'm like, okay, buddy. <laughs> uh, he's a true pro, man. True pro. And I can tell you, I, 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 I'll let my kids take his super kid. <laughs> and I actually, remember, I actually remember somebody coming up to you asking if you were okay because you bumped so good on it. Like, man, he yeah. looked like he took your head off. Yeah. I was like, nope. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. It was amazing, and that was the first one I ever took, and it was absolutely awesome. So anyway, I wanted to give my story, my one good little story, and I thought that was it because Storm took care of me throughout my whole entire career while I was there at TNA. Obviously, a lot of the guys did too, but Storm was completely professional, completely. You know. I have to ask this too because you get the old story. I don't know. I'm sure you guys heard about as far as Ric Flair practicing his punching with the string in the middle hanging yeah. from there. How did you like like Brian said, it barely touched him. Is that something that you kind of did too as well with your the uh, last call super kick? Yeah, I would I, I used to always get in into the ring and practice on uh the top turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and practice like hitting the top turnbuckle and stuff like that. And because usually somebody's chin, a lot of times if they're bent over or something, it's right around the top turnbuckle, maybe a little higher. And so that's kind of how I practice that. But I, I used to always do the uh, the string as well. Like I, I, I put a hole through a penny, hang it from the ceiling on a string and practice punching the penny. Mm -hmm. So and that's how I worked on my punches and stuff as well. <laughs> So that's probably where you got the beer money gimmick there too, because you know, you're probably drinking, you're hitting money. What the heck? Why not call it beer money? Right. <laughs> right. No, I, I was actually out of money one time at the L house in Orlando and I thought Bobby let me borrow some. I needed some beer. And that's pretty much how we came up with the name. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Why not? Uh, so lastly, I have to thank you first and foremost for making time. Obviously we got mother nature's being a pain in the ass for you. So, uh, what, lastly, what do you got uh, as far as people can get a hold of you first and foremost, processing tees, stuff like no, that? No, uh, you know, I do my own clothing line on uh, lastcalloutlaw.com. And then, uh, you know, social media, Twitter and Instagram is both uh, at James Storm Brand. So 
But yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I was supposed to be, I just got done shooting a movie today, but I'm not finished with it yet. But we did our scenes and then uh, go back early in the morning if Mother Nature hasn't taken the, taken the place before we get there. <laughs> awesome, man. What, Thanks uh, so much, Brian. What do you got? You got anything else, Brian? No, I just want to tell James Storm, um, you know, I, I, I love you, buddy. And uh, I, I really do appreciate every moment I was, you know, in the ring with you and obviously outside the ring with you. And uh, I'm just um, very blessed you're doing well. I mean, really, really well. And uh, I, I wish nothing but the best for you. And really appreciate you hopping on on my show. And uh, you're a good dude. And no matter what anybody thinks, uh, you know that I got your back. Not that anybody thinks anything. I just want you to know that anyway. You know me, uh, I don't give a damn what they say. <laughs> because because I learned like, a long time ago, you, you're in the wrestling business, you really only have, you know, friends that you can probably just count on one hand, you know, when you get out of the wrestling business. But, Brian, you've always been excellent dude, man. We, we've traveled the road, and we got so many stories, and we drank so much beer together. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, Kay Fade. Yeah. No, I, get black, I get black hole that. Yeah, black hole, black hole slams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. But no, next, Brian, follow us. You know, go over to castbycom slash roughing it up. All our links are there as far as platforms. Brian is at baby Hapner on Instagram and Twitter. Lights yeah, lights <laughs> out. There you go. Follow at roughing it up on Twitter and Instagram. Next week, Brian, we are going over the uh, Eddie Guerrero next week. So we're going to be going over the match that you refed at No Way Out 2004 between him and Brock Lesnar, man. So we're going to we really hit the ground running here with uh, James coming on next week. It's going to be like no other. It's one of those classic matches. Yeah, I, I, all I'll say is I'll just touch on this. You want to talk about intensity? You want to talk about some things that really were interesting that happened that weren't supposed to happen, and it all happened in one night, and, then, and that was in L.A., Wow, this is going to be good. I'm really excited to talk about it. I can't wait for everybody to hear about it. Awesome, guys. We'll see you next week right here on Reffing It Up. Next Wednesday, we'll see you at 9 a.m. One, two, three.